0: You're listening to Adam Air M D G E E underground function therapy. I wanted to give this as a uh, little pre header on the show. We talk about. Last Gasp San Francisco, releasing the Greg Irons Slow Death Tribute Book. This is wrong for so many reasons that Last Gasp would be releasing this book. They turned him down as joining the group for Zap and Last Gasp back in the day. Said they had too many people in their little clicky group. R. Crumb was the martyr who came forward and said, You're still a great artist, you know, da-da-da-da. He did the same thing to me, too. Meanwhile, R. Crumb is a cock-blocking motherfucker. Everybody in that book is a cock-blocking motherfucker. And to Ron Turner's son, you didn't have a right to fucking put that fucking book out. You can go fuck yourself. Now back to our show. What's up, dudes? Welcome back to the show. Got a fucking nice little fucking treat for all the underground comic book artists out there tonight. (laughs) We're going to talk to my buddy, Rio, from the Mission Comics group, Uh, Mission Mini Comics, originally founded by him, and uh, this motherfucker named Mission Mikey, who's so self-absorbed up his own butt, smoking crack. That he sucks the fucking joy right the fuck out of it. And decided to flake on me. Well, he, you don't have to necessarily be a crack smoking dick to fucking suck the joy out of someone's shit these days. But Mikey, hey, here's to you. Fuck off. When I met Mikey, he asked me if he could smoke a bowl of crack in my fucking room. <laughs> and I was like, I don't fucking condone drugs, you know? But I guess I played the favorite card because I knew that he could fucking draw like a motherfucker, man. All of us geniuses were all fucked in the head. Rio became a dad, and he was never really that bad that I knew of. Not like me and Mikey couple of fucking fucked up in the head motherfuckers. (laughs) Oh, my God. We did a show together. That's going to come up. Uh, you know, other San Francisco cartoonists and contributors to the Clarion Alley. Uh there's some names dropped, whatever, that's what I'm good at, dropping names, talking shit, so welcome back to the fucking show, and uh, let's get a little history of San Francisco comics and underground comics, you may not have taken into consideration, or gave a fuck about. (laughs)
1: oh i love it
0: we'll return
1: after these messages the kids of elm street don't know it yet but something is coming to get them there's something out there isn't there no one knows where it came from or who will visit the next on elm street Ah! help me please Raven's Nightmare on Elm Street. Radar starts Friday at a flagship theater near you. The only, the classic Halloween. <laughs>
0: guys welcome back to the show uh it is a privilege tonight um, to not only have the mortician stomping these beer cans in the background i don't know if you can hear that or not oh shit it sounds like the fucking jolly green giant fucking my god anyway i'm going to introduce rio to the show tonight from the sf mission mini comics crew in the uh, mission in San Francisco. Welcome to the show, dude.
1: Hey, what's up, man?
0: Uh, I don't know if you knew I was staying with a mortician.
1: You're staying with the mortician? <laughs> You're like, uh, in a
0: mortician? In a morgue right now. I'm not in a morgue right now, but the house okay. that I'm at is a part of this property that, you know, is a part of not, it's separate. It's down the road from it. But on on this land, where I'm at, the house looks like it's from 68 Psycho. Right,
1: right. And he doesn't bring his work
0: home with him, you know? Yeah, there's a meat stacker shed in the back that (laughs) looks like uh, Wally Wood drew it. (laughs) Right. For EC Comics, Tales from the Meat Stacker. No. Oh yeah. So what is going on, man? Okay, I've been trying to get you guys on since I started this motherfucker, I think, and then I had some problems and then really we lost hard contact. To get a hold of. Yeah. Well, we got you now. I wanted to get Mikey on here, but uh it doesn't sound like uh Mikey Yeah,
1: he's he's off in his own world right now. I don't wanna to get too far into it, but like uh, you know, we're we're all trying to get back and draw together. And uh, after the pandemic, everybody kind of went off and started doing different things and uh, just trying to reel it all back in so we can start drawing comics again. And, uh, you know, it it ain't always easy. It's like herding cats. Like, uh, getting cartoonists to work together is one of the hardest tasks known to man.
0: I have had one of the roughest years with underground comic book bullshit, too, man. Right. Uh, Myself. Um, I'm sure we'll trade stories here. Uh, It kind of came up in the heavy metal episode, Uh, but Uh not really. You know, really, I was uh, supposed to hook up and do a cherry Pop-Tart piece in a cherry Pop-Tart comic, and we were on the same publisher. I was actually on uh, R. Crumb's imprint, um, Hippie Comics. With Mike Diana and John Orlando. Three beautiful books, man, that came out. And technically are the first of the silver age of underground comic releases. Because technically the golden age ended and then independent comics came out. Art Spiegelman pushed his Love and Rockets and Raw. Crumb got on board. It was the intellectual, like, fucking... I always thought it was kind of a smug movement i always thought loving rockets was kind of smug
1: it is a little bit i I love art spiegelman stuff though like uh i don't know and there there was a lot of room to experiment back then which i kind of missed because uh you know i guess there's still experimentation going on now but for the most part people like figured out what works and get into their niche and just like uh you know, tell stories, but like, there's a lot less experimentation with the art form than there used to be.
0: Well, outside my own fucking shit or whatever, tell me more about what's going on with you guys as a collective and how it's been going since I pretty much left. I guess I left in, uh, I would have left the Bay Area in 2010. That was a while ago, man.
1: That was a while ago. Yeah, we got a whole a whole different crew cycled in. Uh, a lot of the old people left, because, you know, we're in the Bay Area, and it's really hard to... Turnover. There's a lot of turnover, you know, a lot of good people left, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people are no longer with us for other reasons, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, but a whole new crew of people came in, drew uh, with, like, a... Uh, Cameron Forsley and some of the 16th Street Mission comics, uh, that, that was like a zine he had before he met up with us, and it was kind of like a rivalry at first, because we were just like, who is this dude? Right. Like, right, he's like 16th Mission Comics, like, uh, we're Mission Mini Comics, and we've been here for like a decade now, so, like, uh, who the hell are you? But once we actually met him, he's real cool, so we just started drawing with him, so. I don't know, sometimes it doesn't have to be a beef, sometimes you just like yeah, comics bring people together <laughs> oh yeah, well,
0: that's what i I think that's what a lot of people like you and I kind of hope for, and then I see that you know, I just remember this because uh, I did a show with uh Larry Reed who uh runs the fanographic shop out of Georgetown in Seattle uh-huh. uh are you familiar with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, Graphics. Uh I went up there once and brought some, like, uh, comics through the, the back door. And they were kind of weirded out, but I was like, dude, I'm just, like, right down the block. I saw Graphics was here, so I had to stop in and say hello.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, and you can't really hear the show. Larry just kind of... But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, fucking... Uh, I basically got it to where... Um, I, w- I, on one point of the show, I brought up Dan Klaus, eight ball number, I thought it was 15 or 16. Yeah. There's a mini pamphlet. Talking in about smug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he specialized in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, straight from Berkeley. Uh, right. you know, uh, the whole nine. Uh, but, uh, you got the whole thing where, uh, he wrote this mini pamphlet called Modern Cartoonist. Uh-huh. And inside the, the cartoon pamphlet, it, it talks about the cartoonist and the stats and the ratios of what it's like to try to survive as a cartoonist and what, you know, the realities are in the end yeah. of that. And it's grim. Yeah. And it's just this grim... It's bleak. It's bleak. Yeah. I always said, you know, cartooning in America is only second to a cum scraper. Right. You know, you might as well... Yeah. You're you're just one above a cum scraper. You might as well be racking dry jizz out of the back of some nasty old porno yeah. theater.
1: You're you're cleaning the jizz off of the collective unconscious, you know.
0: It really is. And, you know, uh and you get more respect as a cum scraper probably. Right,
1: right. <laughs> you're like, ah, uh, that guy's doing something useful with his life.
0: Now there's like conspiracy or not well conspiracy, but you know, I just heard about some Conspiratorial kind of talk about animators in Japan getting taken advantage advantage of, right? And um, and I was like, that's so weird because for years I've always thought about how respectful the animation and cartooning trade has been towards, uh, or the the public in the Asian communities have been yeah. towards cartoonists.
1: Right. It's a much bigger deal there. It's like mainstream accepted.
0: You know, and <clears throat> I didn't realize it, but I was big in Japan. And oh, really? Yeah. Um. There was some instance where I had a toy store in L.A. I I did this episode, y'all, called Re- Rejects L.A. Go back and listen to that. That's a great episode with uh, Kim ja- yeah. Kim L Jackson and Michael Domingo. And Michael Domingo is this. He was a kid. He's in. He's a man now. But at that time, you know, he was a kid who was you know, coming into the store the short time it was open. And he wanted to smoke weed with me. I wouldn't let him. I was like, no, you're underage. I'm not going to smoke weed with you, dude. And he was How like... Uh, I think he was like, he was like 17. Okay. And he, he was right there. But I still really? was like, nope. And he re- where, where? He, re- he respected me for it, you know? So, a year later... He invited me to his house. The store had been long closed. I came over. I met up with him. And there was you know, he's uh, Philippine, but all of his friends were from Japan. And they were all just looking at me, dude. And finally, I just asked Michael, I was like, what is it? Do I stink? What's wrong? And they're like, no, man, they're all starstruck about you. I was like, why? And they were like, because they've been following your art since 2004. At, at that point, it was 2014. I had no idea. Well, and uh, at the same time, his... Japan. I know, and his brother came in, and uh, he was like, Oh my God, you're out of air. And I was like, I must be in the Twilight Zone. Because I live so underground, and I just don't ever think about that shit, dude. And I, I don't ever think about distro or how things right. get to where they get. And, um yeah. And you know, here it is, and this guy's like, "Oh my God, my boss wants to talk to you." And he gets this guy on. He's like this English dude, and he's all like, "Hey, I'm I'm one of your biggest fans," and blah blah blah. And then the phone ends, and I hung up, and I was like, "Who who was that? Who was that?" And they, he was like, "Oh, that was Billy Idol's son." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: So you know, shit like that, and getting on with Mike Diana and. All these things, you know, I I did work for it, but you know, I never had anybody but myself, man. I never even had a real team, and when I did have another one partner for like ten years, okay. and, and uh, drugs tore us apart, I'm sure you can find some yeah. relevance in that, you know.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> a story I'm very familiar
0: with. I hate that, you know, from yeah. for Mike, and he's such a he's one of the best fucking prolifically you know he he kind of breaks these boundaries he reminds me of like this jack kirby gene yeah where he can do shit
1: that's why i quit doing drugs is when i realized i was like not being productive on them anymore you know yeah but like uh yeah it's you know i don't know it's been a long time for me so it's like uh hard getting into the 40s and being like damn you know um I was doing that at my age still. I don't know if my body could take the punishment, you know? Yeah. Because I put myself through a lot back then. And uh, I'm just glad I'm out. I, I wish uh, I wish all my friends were.
0: <sighs> yeah, me too, man. Well, first time I met Mikey, man, you know, like, he was just so uh, sick. I didn't think he was. Yeah. I thought he was going to die then. I think he's one of these guys that always just comes off like it's all fatalism, but then yeah, somehow way, survives. He's you know,
1: it's like an Eeyore, you know, where like uh, everything—it's like, oh geez, well, guess uh, guess that didn't work out. Well, it doesn't really matter. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I, we always kind of balance each other out because I'm more like uh, you know. It's not like I think anything matters, but I'm still willing to just, like, uh, put a spin on it, try to find some positivity, and just, like, uh, try to figure out how to turn that into something productive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Why not, man? I mean, you know, that's kind of what we do. Yeah. And uh, I don't like losing the joys out of uh, the cartooning, or whatever, but, you know, there is that whole, the frightening reality of, the frightening realities that go and accompany the kind of art that we do. Yeah, totally. S- So in that way, these things do have to exist on some level. You oh, know. yeah. It is, but when it man, hits home, yeah, man. Whew.
1: But the art should be therapy, you know, like you should... I my feeling is you get all the negativity out of the art and then you don't have to bring it home at the end of the day. Right. Like, uh, at least that's my philosophy. I'd rather get, get all that out. And like, uh, you know, I don't know. Most of the stuff I draw, I, I do a lot of political stuff just since that pissed me off. And then like, uh, my only response to that, cause I can't like, uh, convince people is, draw something and then hand it to the people and then like maybe that convinces them you know because yeah i'm just one guy by myself I get the whole team together we write write the scripts everybody draws it and then like uh throw little jokes make it a little easier to swallow and then maybe you convince somebody
0: it is cool to have a team, man. I've always liked that whole thing, and I like that that you guys are like the last remnants in the way, right? I mean, out there.
1: I mean, there's there's still some of like uh, the old heads, like Mavridis and uh, Griffith. Uh, they they're all still here, you know. Um, you see him. Uh, Mavridis still lives in the mission, so I, I've seen him around.
0: Moscoso's um, still out there not sure victor and spain's gone i know ron turner's still around is he still around
1: yeah yeah no, he's still around he's uh uh they just came out with slow death uh zero his son put that book together and,
0: i know that looks uh, fucking Forsley sick the
1: collective is in it
0: so. mike diana's in it too i think
1: yeah yeah peter Bag.
0: it's pretty great we'll return after these messages
1: it's coming for you. One. It's close. <laughs> Two. It's real, isn't it? I thought it real. Three. They are not Freddy's battle. A Nightmare on Ellen Street, Part 3. New Warriors, rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you bizarre and brutal series of crimes in america the texas chainsaw
0: massacre after you stop screaming you'll start talking about it it all Yeah, I w- so it was
1: a good book um yeah spain, spain rodriguez just died like uh, really recently that was a huge loss but
0: s clay wilson last year too
1: yeah yeah but uh my parents knew spain rodriguez and he actually like uh, um, taught me gave me a little lesson at some party they took me to and that was one of my first like uh one of the few times I've got, like, actual training in drawing comics. Yeah. He just sent, like, uh, 15 minutes, he, like, drew me some panels and explained, like, uh, the way lighting worked and everything.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I, uh, Sorry about that. Uh... Oh, no, we're in. I, um... <sighs> had met Ron Turner... At the last gasp uh, Christmas party, you ever been to one of those?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Um, those are, those were great, man. Um, yeah. I remember getting scalded by Trina Robbins.
1: <laughs>
0: and I remember like, um, hat- yeah.
1: I, she's still around too. Yeah. Oh huh,
0: yeah. Around. Yeah. Uh, and I remember smoking the joint with uh, Gilbert Sheldon.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: Wow. And he had just done something with Jello Biafra, or I don't know what he did, but um, he was kind of, I I remember him loosely talking about it and just smoking a joint at the party, you know? And Ron Turner walked up and he goes, I am the white buffalo. (laughs) He totally is. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember how that just left this impression in my mind and how golden that really was. And uh, for some years, you know, and meeting Mark Bodie and having a show with Mark Bodie, um, we, you know, it was cool. But you know, after a while, after doing the gallery shows, and it ended with uh, Reverend Stephen Leva, who had a show on uh, a Buck and Some change with Reverend Stephen Leva. That's another g- great episode. It's hard to make out. Cause he's like out in the desert and it's just like this crappy recording, but it's still cool. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know, we did a show together and then he came up with the idea to go ahead and film uh, 280 of the top, what he considered to be the top underground inspirational artists and get their opinion about what art is. And I got in on it and I made the final cut. And what was cool about it was H.R. Giger was. In. Oh, dude. And uh, I like how people will stop still and be like, Geiger? And I'm like, no, it's Giger, dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm in a movie with them. <laughs> you know, but uh, Genesis P. Orge, uh Mark Bodie, K2, famous uh, uh, artist down there off of the Folsom area. And. Um, And just a a bunch of people, man, you know, that I was just glad to get in on that one. Things like that, that come along the way. And the more work you do and the more you contribute, you know, I never got past really, I got famous, but I still never got past underdog status. And I always just thought about myself like, until about this point, you know, about of my life, would I have just been turning it down anyway because the spirituality of cartooning was just so yeah, much gotta, more prominent.
1: Right, like I got uh, one of the last drawing nights we did, and I'm trying to get them going again. It's hard to gather everybody back after such like a long period off, but uh, one of the uh, ladies said, you know, like, I don't know what I'm drawing, who I'm drawing for, anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, like you got to have an audience in your head, but, like, uh, and I, I guess you got to think of somebody as being a reader, but you also, like, the drive has to come from yourself, too, you know? Like, you can't you can't just draw for an audience, like, and I think that's what, what you talk about with, like, the underground art therapy, and I feel like... You know, you got to get the negativity out through art, too. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, it, it has to be an inside process that goes outside. And it, sometimes it doesn't matter if it has an audience or not, you know? Like, I got to the point where I'm like, I don't really even care how many people read it as long as the people who read it get influenced and do something with it. And just bringing new people into the collective and, like... Uh, hearing how they read my stuff and, like, uh, it got them into that style of cartooning. Yeah. Like, that's more important to me at this point in my life than, like, uh, you know, getting, getting a book deal, which, you know, won't happen, probably won't happen. If it doesn't happen, I'm okay with it at this point.
0: I mean, yeah, that's kind of where I was at, and I actually did get book deals. And, like I said, I was supposed to do a Cherry Pop-Tart thing, And Cherry Pop-Tart was, you know, Greg Wells is on the same publishing racket. You know, and these guys ended up character assassinating me and, like, hurting me. And Mark Bodie was a part of that, man. And and it was just like this kind of thing. And Mike Diana saw it and was like, nope, I'm withdrawing my interest in being on the imprint because he knew I was being fucked over. But to somebody like me, that shit's so... Intertwined and 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 like when the shit was coming out, I was there, you know, and uh, I felt like you know it ended up giving me like a stroke. I had a stroke, Damn. man. I had, you had a stroke. I had two strokes in a row. I had different strokes. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're not that old. I mean, like, uh, I, well, that's how bad it fucking stressed me yeah. out to get fucked over yeah. by the. An underground faction, like you said, it should be this fucking thing where you could be like, da-da-da-da, but instead it That's turns into this shark Shark tank, like. you know? They're not. Yeah. They're fucking dicks. Not, I mean... A lot of them are.
1: People are dicks. A lot of people are dicks. A lot of
0: cartoonists are, are dicks. Old,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of cartoonists <laughs> right. are dicks.
1: Right. I mean, they're just people at the end of the they day. They are
0: people at the end of the day, but... The way they hold their affairs business-wise, they're yeah. fucking dicks, you know? And it's just like, you know, it's so stressful having to, you know, I always kind of came through this, like, oh, yeah, you know, we were all this one big gang, you know, and even back then, but, you know, speaking of slow death, I mean, it is kind of ironic that Ron Turner would put that book out, right? Because...
1: What was his son who put it out? Like, well, his son put it out, but does he, he... got his blood
0: Right, whatever. It's still, Ron Turner rejected Greg Irons. That's the reality of it. And the only one that really, in Spain, wouldn't even look at him. And nobody would. And uh, the only one that would talk to him is R. Crumb. And Crumb was like, I think you're great, dude. And I'm sorry that it's all so closed off here. And you had SF Mint, and now it's closed off. And you had a couple other underground guys. Uh, groups that were closed off, so you know he ended up tattooing and putting out Fillmore posters, and that's really what that was born. And so I always, I, it is kind of ironic. I mean, you know, I'm an exploitive dick, but you know, I'm gonna fucking exploit that little part right there. Is it's it's in the book too. You, you call this art? It's the Greg Irons bio that bio that was put out by Fantagraphics in 2007. And that's what it says. It says, you know, he went to last gasp and everybody just was... They wouldn't even look at him. Yeah. And that's really what happened. So it is kind of ironic that they, you know... Whatever. Maybe that's... You know, Greg Irons is dead. (laughs) There was a slow death there, you know?
1: (laughs) Right,
0: right. (laughs) What he hit? You got hit by a bus looking the wrong way across the street, you know, in Thailand or some shit. Oh,
1: shit.
0: Yeah, you know, but to, Uh, to me... Greg Irons was a lot like me. And that was the one guy I could relate to because he couldn't get in any groups. And when he was around in groups, it just didn't really work out, dude. You know, the one thing that worked out for him was doing these, you know, Jefferson Airplane posters or whatever, you know, for the film or, you know. Right, right. The guy got more pussy than you could ever imagine, I mean.
1: Oh, I'm sure, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and it was all...
1: Or back
0: then. Yeah, especially out there, you know, pre-fucking 52 new diseases later, you know, down the fucking line. I mean, you know, it was just, you either got an STD or you didn't. And, uh, but, um, uh, you know, that whole... Personal Vietnam. Yeah, but SF being this, like, pit of just... I mean, the whole place starts off sex to begin with, you know, so... Yeah, yeah. In that sense, you know, San Francisco, I always felt, like, had this kind of har- hormonal, uh, you know, attraction to it. And, like, doing car- comics there had some kind of more romantic end on it.
1: It did. You know, we, we really feel, like, the weight of all that history here. Like, uh, and we, we do feel like we're kind of the inheritors of that movement. Yep. With the kind of art we do. And, like... Uh, just mindful of everything that like, uh, came before it, but trying to, trying to keep like the spirit of underground alive in the way we do it. Like, uh, you know, just real stuff you can find on the street, find on the bus and like, uh, pick up and read, you know, I, I've like sold my books and, uh, found, had people like come back up and like, uh, rip them up in front of me cause they were offended or like, uh, found them crumpled up on the street later on but <laughs> if you find it on the street and like uh, smooth it out you can still leave it for somebody else to read so
0: you know what that's, that's true that's
1: Street art, yeah <laughs> i love
0: that magic out there too man like that where it gets around and uh you know i remember drawing for mad happies that was the the team I was—I didn't really even know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really know paper, them. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. and I was trying to get Mikey, and I—he actually did one strip for him.
1: Right now, I remember it was one of the guys from the Cartoonist Conspiracy was like uh, published. Um,
0: John Eric. Which is
1: another group I drew with uh, when Mission Mini Comics was going through another like you know, Mission Mini Comics goes through these periods where it ebbs and it flows, people. Go apart, and then we get pulled back together again. And uh, that was that was a period where everything was falling apart. Uh, so I started drawing with the cartoonist conspiracy. Right. And then once I was able to get people back together with Mission Mini Comics, started doing Mission Mini Comics. Again.
0: Well, that's cool, man. To have this legacy go all this way into the present, right now, yeah. okay. up to date. You know, I mean, it's impressive, dude. But
1: yeah, no, the new the new version of mission mini comics is still like uh, coalescing at the moment it's not like uh, there's still a bunch of uh cartoonists in the area but need to get drawn back together
0: how what is the production like for those guys have you noticed that they've been drawing more or less what's the so stats that's funny
1: because like uh you think during a pandemic people would be drawing more, but most mm-hmm. of the people I've talked to, it's like uh, I don't know if it's a stress or what, but people have been drawing less, and uh, I have like a kid who just turned two, so that's been taking up a lot of my time, but um, Oh
0: wow, you're a new dad yeah. You're a new dad
1: Yeah, yeah, new dad um, But uh, yeah, I just it kind of worked out for me because during the pandemic, when everything was going apart, it's like I had a one-year-old, so I wasn't really having much time to do stuff with people anyway. Yeah. Um, and now that he's two, I got a little more time. He's a little more like, uh, you know, uh mom's finished school and, uh, can take over a little bit more and I can get back out and draw again. Um, so the timing couldn't be more perfect for me. It's just like I uh, need to get the collective back together. And a lot of people are really hungry for it. But like uh, everybody's weird after the pandemic, you know, like people don't. Who's worry. really willing
0: to work for it.
1: Right, right. Yeah, totally.
0: And uh, what do they really want? I, it is sad. You know, you kind of want to just like knock these guys in the head and like, hey, you better start drawing more, motherfucker. But you know that that East Coast shit doesn't work out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. You no, know, at the same time,
1: there's some people who were in the old iteration of Mission Mini Comics who so are like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, you can keep on doing your thing." <laughs>
0: Didn't we do a show together, me and you and uh, and Mikey?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: And uh, we did. And Chucho was the curator. Is that was that guy's yeah. name?
1: you have Chucho at Palazzo, or was that Submission? It
0: was Submission. Yeah, okay. And I remember it was like this Irish guy and this Japanese chick, and they were taking pictures, and there was no action the whole night. And I was getting toasted on some bottle of fucking Captain Morgan's and a shadow in the back. <laughs> and Chucho was all, you got to go charge him a dollar to take a photo, man. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay. What are you in uh, Clarion Alley? You know, there's a
1: lot of tourists there and if you're painting a mural right, want to take a picture but like uh, that's not cool to, to be a tourist taking a picture of an artist drawing in their native habitat without their consent right so you that boy, you
0: know? yeah. yeah and I was just like well I'm not going to charge these motherfuckers man and it's like three people have looked at my shit all fucking night he's like well make fucking something man and I was like oh my god so I went up and I was just like you gotta give me a dollar for taking a picture of the shit like, well, why? Who are you? And they were like, no. And I was like, well, I drew that. And they were like, you drew that? And I was like, yeah. They, oh, we thought you were some homeless person. We'll return after these messages. <laughs> and I just grabbed the bottle and fucking just sat back down. It was like, I pretty much am, dude. You know? <laughs> like it's
1: a thin line between an artist and a homeless person. And there always has
0: been. It's like sanity and sanity.
1: You know, your home,
0: where is it, you know, in the art field? It's very, you know, it's very open, you know. And and then, like, you know, people that I looked up to really ended up being these fucking motherfuckers I didn't want to hang out in the first place. And I I think that's how George Carlin would say it.
1: Mm.
0: They were just fucking dicks you didn't want to hang out with in the first place. Right. And uh, they're right, you know. I think, you know, if you you know that, or if you don't know that, but you can hear this, you know, maybe that'll promote you to fucking draw more, too. You know, because you you really, if you're hurting, just draw. And, you know, there's nothing else fucking going on, man. I'm telling you, outside Nazi town, and what is it, fucking, San Francisco is basically Nazi Googleville, or fucking, you know, it's just all of Google is a bunch of Nazi shit. Facebook, right? <laughs> Facebook's Nazi shit. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Like, you, oh, you go against our community standards. This a, excuse me, Goebbels? <laughs> I didn't fucking know I was just fucking had to, su- su- you know, fucking succumb to your fucking nutsack, motherfucker, you know? <laughs> fuck you, you know? Like, fuck your ass. I always hated the pretentiousism of where social media has rendered people that they're so righteous, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's where like uh, a lot of people can only get their like feelings and activism out there. It's like uh, real sad, but at the same time as an artist, you have to participate because like uh, you have to maintain that online presence. And it's like, it really sucks because you want to just be the furthest away you can be from like Facebook or whatnot. And then you're like, Oh, but if I cut it off, then like, am I hurting myself? You know?
0: <laughs> well, it does leave that. If I can imagine in your position where you're like, you could have a, pos- you could have a possibility inside this tender time right now to achieve some kind of uh, commercially viable, property, you know, and create that thing to supply some kind of future for your kid, inevitably. And that's not a bad thing to look at it like that. Uh, And, you know, but I, you know, at the same time, it's when it gets conglomerate. You know, when you're selling yourself short, you're better off just, you know, not, dude. I mean, that's the thing is it does look bright and da-da-da-da, but at the end, you're consorting with shitty it's man and motherfuckers that just are not in your fucking best interest dude
1: totally no and i've done like art as a job before and it like really sucks the joy out of it Mm -hmm. like any any time when you depend on it for sustenance you're like oh my god now i hate doing this and uh that's not how it should be it should be the release the thing you get excited for and I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just telling that to make myself feel better at this point. But like uh, the times I actually had to do it, it really, it really grated on me.
0: I hear you. What's the weather like right there right now? Just as a gear shifter, real fast.
1: Oh, just uh, real foggy and cool. You know, it's been a heat wave of killing folks all over the East Coast, but. I mean, West Coast. Oh, yeah.
0: No, I know. I yeah. guess. Uh But uh,
1: we're, we're, we're sitting pretty in San Francisco for some reason.
0: Well, there was something. Old. There's a lot of cool shit about that area, man. But, you know, it's just developments and people with modus operandi that are there to eradicate and commercialize art to a point that it just becomes a satire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, dude, you're not really going to get in unless you really do suck that motherfucker's dick. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, totally. I think it's funny that, because I always think about Mikey and he, as fantastic as an artist as he is. Yeah. He he reminds me of the total epitome of a nihilist.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, that was the name of my comic actually it was uh, Nihilville for a while. So like, <laughs> the Nihilfell Tribune. but um, I remember that
0: shit. Yeah, yeah. That's cool yeah. as fuck, man. I'm glad I said that.
1: Awesome. Yeah, yeah no, but like, I, I think we're two different sides of nihilism because he's like the side of nihilism where it's like, nothing matters, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, nothing matters. It's all gloom. It's all doom. And my philosophy is like, nothing matters,
0: like, have some fun with it, you <laughs> know? I'm on that end more. Yeah. I definitely don't have a problem burning bridges. Right. Especially right now, man, and I just think, you know, cutting up, people are like, you're a bridge burner, but then they'll put out a meme about fucking, you should cut out people who are toxic. It's like, make up your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. <totally. laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm just going to go with the latter, and I'm just going to cut motherfuckers out. Right. There's right. always going to be new people that you can talk to if you just open yeah. up. And if they're not serving you, dude, then they're against you, man. Get them the fuck out of your way. Let them yeah. do their fucking shit. Stay out of their fucking way. Right. What's the problem? You know, you got to let and let live. Exactly. You know. And I think
1: there's this whole movement now for, like, being uh, so focused more on self-care and talk, cutting out things that don't bring you joy or whatnot. Yeah. At the same time, like, uh, life doesn't always cater to your every whim, you know? Like, sometimes things are unpleasant, and you can't, you've just got to deal with it. That's life. Um, it doesn't mean you've got to let it bring you down, but, like, uh, a little, little unpleasantness comes with the territory.
0: I mean, that's all my show's about, man, is some level of unpleasantness mixed with some Cornball fucking humor that only my north right, right. northeast Ohio ass can provide, you know. So you know that's that's me, and that's why I was like, "Hey, man, the cartoons weren't necessarily cutting it, man." You know, I felt like uh, it really came in when I uh, I used to do these pi- uh, pi- fake pirate radio. Punk rock radio tapes, cassette tapes, and then I'd make the little cover and draw it and I'd act like I had a pirate radio station that really didn't exist. And it was just a compilation fucking thing and I was acting like I was a fake ass DJ with some funny yeah, yeah, yeah. ass Acidy weird shit. Church of the sub genius crap, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was the time period, you know, it was the early nineties. Uh but um I noticed that I love really loved yakking it up on this shit and acting like a, you know, a crazy motherfucker. And people loved it, man. They started writing it on their leathers and shit like that. Oh, no, that's rad. And I noticed that, you know, and I and then it, eventually it ended. I did comics forever. And I think yeah. until I had the stroke, you know, in 19, after... Uh, And I'll say it right now, Dan Fogel, (laughs) publisher of Hippie Comics, Uh, uh, you know, was the guy who ended up screwing me over on my my contract. And it's not a big secret. I mean, I've told so many people, this is my show, I'm going to say it, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I've talked to a few other artists, I'm not going to get them involved, but they have verified that the guy's kind of a fucking Weasley, you know, motherfucker. And um, Hippies. and hippie comments. Yep, and you know the whole thing is Weasley, and I just felt like, DIY uh, it taught me a few things. DIY is where it's at. You're gonna make more. Sh- you have more opportunity now in the 21st century to be DIY and make your own fucking uh, uh shit. You know, and it doesn't seem that way, but you do have to go digital. And in that sense of complying about Facebook. I get it. And it's unfortunate because it really is this fucking SS fucking swastika fucking Zeke Highland bullshit.
1: Fucking octopus grabbing your brain and trying to like drag you into some real, yeah, white supremacist conspiracy
0: like bullshit. And I think, you know, and I'm addicted to Marvel. Yeah, I like Marvel, too, you know? (laughs) And I hate it. I hate that I am. (laughs) No, I, I like, rebelled against
1: my love of Marvel, because I loved Marvel as a kid, and then I got into Underground Comics, and I was like, you know what, like, uh, fuck the mainstream, but then as I started getting even older than that, I was like, but you know what, I still love it, though.
0: Yeah, and I've been watching Loki on Disney,
1: Yeah.
0: and I saw the new episode today, and it was sick. I was like, damn, this is some of the best oh, shit I in the fu- it yet. Oh my god. Oh I'm not even gonna fucking fuck it up for you, dude, but I love the show. Right after this I'm going to watch it. It's fucking my it's my crack, dude. And I I gotta have some kind of pain reliever. I don't fucking do anything but smoke weed. And Marvel just is like my Xanax, dude. And so I just I uh I just hate that it comes from that same kind of conspiratorial background with the, you know, like you just said, it's like this kind of white supremacist bullshit. Yeah, I feel that way. Every conspiracy theory has got
1: tied up in white supremacy, you know?
0: I think like, because I'm a, Sum- I'm a Sumerian text guy, you know? And Marduk is the Babylonian god that is brought up in... You know, as being one of these guys who engineered us. Right. And uh, I believe all that junk. I still do. But according to what that Sumerian text says, he's still here. And he's in Antarctica. And, and not only that, but he's the one that spawned all the honkies on the planet. And right. it, And if he is here, he's probably powering up all the white motherfuckers so they can have that power. You know, eventually I figured that's what Revelations is, is the fall of the honky. Yeah. You know, that's and that's the uh, kind of conspiracy theory I could get into. I feel that way. I I, I I would like to talk more about it. You know, the show's not necessarily about it, but it would make for a hell a hell of an underground comic book.
1: Oh dude, I would read that shit.
0: That if we knew that, that's what the Bible was really saying in Genesis six two and that white motherfuckers were birthed out of this shit man that would make more sense and you could see why everybody's just like damn why do white people just act so fucking different than everybody else on the fucking planet true true. and uh that's the revealing and you know being part honky i can be safe and come forward and and talk about this shit you know
1: right right totally
0: (laughs) you know because otherwise if i wasn't it might not be a good idea you know, but I uh, yeah. because I am, and I'm just like, hey, you know, I am already chalked up to this ratio of uh, status of being right, right. this bad guy that looks like Trump, and I'm not. I don't have anything to do with that motherfucker. You know what? And no, for sure. You know, I'm like uh,
1: Jewish and Hispanic, but I look as you know, I got the white privileges from the color of my skin. So yeah, it's just like, the judging. Like
0: I yeah. yeah you were safe, and to be able to, you know, yeah. it was all the Schindler's List right. s- style or whatever, you know, like, you look you look normal enough, kid, make a run for it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that's cool that you are out there, I do miss being a part of Mad Happies, I guess, you know, we're coming to, yeah, where, where are you at these days, I've mean, never, like, I'm in Portland right now, but I'm getting ready to move to Little Egypt. You got
1: the real heat wave
0: then, huh? Oh, God. It was fucking not not good, you know. It was just like, what can you fucking do in it? I still had to work outside in it at that time. Damn. And it wasn't nice, you know, but, uh, man, it worked you out, man, you know. You felt the hard day's work at the end of it. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, you know and it's good to get some physical labor cartoonists out there. make sure you do some kind of exercise you know your ass you know your ass is chained to that fucking desk and that you know it's like fourteen hours a fucking day you know, you know and if you're dedicated that's definitely what it is
1: yeah and you got to exercise those different parts of your body and mind you know you can't do creative stuff all the time you got to like uh, exercise the other parts of your brain and you gotta exercise your body to keep that like creativity going too
0: even though i do know you know and honestly i know what it's like to fucking sit there and work straight through a fucking project in my underwear i haven't had a fucking i haven't pissed or had a drink of water in five days you know what i mean i'm sitting there i'm you know it's just like I'm I'm in stasis. All I can do I is I thought just, I had bladder
1: control. Damn. <laughs> motherfucker,
0: I can hold that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the old days, but, uh, you know. It's supposed um, to come out like orange. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I'm trying to think of... Uh, I used to do some hustling at Powell Station. I used to draw on the wood...
1: Oh, dude,
0: yeah. And I would take it up to Powell Street. Do you ever hustle up there?
1: Uh, I used to, uh, well, I used to mainly do 16th and Mission um, and 16th and Valencia.
0: And, uh, you keep it in the chess set.
1: Oh, okay.
0: No, I mean, I, I always oh, called the mission the chess set. because oh,
1: okay, yeah, yeah. Because
0: it looks like a chess board, the way it's set up.
1: Right, right. Yeah. yeah, no, I would, like, when I was just uh, selling mini-comics on the street, it was normally in that area, because uh, that was around where I was living at the time. Um, Mike used to go up to the park stations all the time and do juggling, like, he would juggle flaming
0: Oh, yeah, I fucking remember that shit.
1: Yeah.
0: I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, totally. No, he was, like, uh, he was still skinny back then, but you get him to take his shirt off his like arms were like fucking solid wires you know
0: oh yeah man isn't that weird people who do drugs like that they fucking are all super strong sometimes it's like why is that right, right.
1: <laughs> i think because you just burn off every other part of your body it's not that you're still strong you like uh, you just lost all the fat around it you know
0: huh it's weird <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about that the other. Why are drug addicts super strong? I mean, at
1: least, uh, at least with uppers, uh, you're constantly tensed, so maybe your muscles just bulk up from that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to know. I never wanted. Uh, you know, I never wanted to go through the whole thing. Um, right, right. Ironically, you know, if I had, I'd probably be popular right now and like fucking all Kurt Cobain, fucking. <laughs> I would have already blown my head off with a shotgun. Right, right. You know. El Duce would have been like, Yeah, his old lady fucking offered me fifty thousand dollars to fucking do it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's
1: that's the hype machine right there.
0: That was it, you know. He was talking that shit out there. Doesn't he have a fucking bar out there? Or is that that's in LA. Never mind. No. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Go look go yeah. look it up. Doesn't Wiki, matter. Wikipedia Wikipedia. <laughs> That's your Wikipedia hour. Go down a Wikipedia hole. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're coming to the top of the hour. I wanted to thank you.
1: We'll return after these messages. One, two, three, four, five, six. Ten years ago, Halloween, evil had a shape. Terror had a night. And now, he's
0: back. Six bodies, Shari, that's what I see. And I tell you, Michael Myers is here, in this town. Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. He's come home to kill. Friday, October twenty first. At theaters everywhere. For being a part of the show, and uh, yeah, dude, this was fun. I guess dude. I'll fucking try to harass Mikey.
1: Yeah, yeah, hit him up, like, uh, see if you can bring him out of the whole. Because uh, you know he he needs it. Uh, I only got so much patience for it, but like, uh, I want to I want to see him do well, you know.
0: You've had more patience with him than I. I probably would have.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. I, this is like the, at the end of ten years of patience. So it's at the end of a... That when you will.
0: You're a new father. Things change, dude. I know. Mindsets change. Less time for bullshit. Yeah, longer. it does improve the work too, man. The artwork. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, well, congratulations on fatherhood congratulations on you know just being able to keep the comics rolling and it's just nice to get some notary and uh and clarification that this action is still fucking rolling y'all and the virus ain't stopping motherfuckers you know rio nope you're awesome dude
1: you're awesome too and if you're ever down in sf like uh We're going to be getting dry nights
0: together, so let's jam. Sounds good to me. I'll probably be sooner than later, man. (laughs) Chances are. All right, hold on the line, and guys, I'm going to close this motherfucker out. Peace. All right. Fuck the Bay Area. (laughs) Rio, thanks for being on the show tonight. Not really. I'm gonna keep doing comics, man. I'm gonna keep drawing them by hand. I don't care what all you guys do. Mike Boheme. He's down there in the uh Bay Area. <laughs> hey fuck you too, man. He called me a bridge burner. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> what Fuck you. Said. Said, on, oh god. The pretentious bullshit that is the cartoonist lot. There's some good guys, whatever. Plenty of good people everywhere. Uh. Not too enthused. I would like to see a resurgence against fucking pretty much everybody's ass. You stuck up fucking pricks. You joy sucking motherfuckers. <laughs> I saw Flipper in Oakland. And they cut the electricity on, off on them, on this song. And all you could hear was this, without the music else playing, you know, just the vocals. It was amazing. God bless Flipper, God bless America, and God bless Adamair MDGED, Underground Cartoon Therapy, and its interests. You've been listening to Adam Air MD GD Underground Cartoon Therapy